Welcome back to Winning Within, the world's number one self-development podcast. This is your host, Orlando Avalon, the lover of philosophy and the fuck buddy of wisdom. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Cece on the podcast. Cece is a third-year psychology student who is on her second specialization. Her first specialization was in clinical psychology, writing a thesis on female orgasmic disorder, something that I'm sure certain ladies will be very happy she wrote about and researched. And she is now on to her second specialization on research methods and statistics. Welcome, Cece. Thank you. Uh, hi, thank you for having me. And hi, everyone who's listening. Very, I'm very excited to be here. Very curious how it's going to go. Great. I guess we'll see. I guess the podcast episode will take its own shape and form, as it usually does. We're going to be discussing self-love today. Let's start with a, a definition of self-love. How would you define self-love, Cece? I was actually thinking about it coming here, like what would I say or, or yeah, like how did that self-love journey look for me? Uh, but I think at the moment self-love for me is compassion and acceptance mainly uh, towards yourself, obviously. Um, but from that towards others as well. So I really think that being patient and accepting with yourself is key here for self-love. And, and what does that actually look like, compassionate acceptance towards yourself? Um, I think it's like, uh, because self-love, the word love means that you have to like something but for me, that you don't have to like all parts of yourself. You don't have to like love it if you know that you have like um, maybe uh, characteristics that you actually would like to change. So you don't have to like make yourself love that about you. You just really have to accept it that everyone is flawed in their own way. And that's totally okay because no one is perfect. So for example, for me, like, um what I would be always like thinking about oh it would be so much better um if I would have uh, this quite like for example I wouldn't be late like I'm quite uh, <laughs> uh in that sense like disorganized mm-hmm. and then I if I'm like late I'm trying to be okay next time I will leave the house on time but I wouldn't like beat up for myself because of it like I would try to accept it like okay, I have like other qualities um, and this is maybe not one of the ones that I'm really good at, but mm. it's fine. But I don't make myself like love it that like, oh, I'm, I, I love it that I'm late all the time. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds a little unrealistic and also I don't see what the utility would be in that, even if you could get yourself to be like, I fucking love that I'm always <laughs> late. Like, wow, this is something like now, from now on when I meet someone, I'll be like, hi, I'm Cece and I'm always late. <laughs> <laughs> like I agree with you that that's not the objective I also have things about myself that I don't like very much and that I would like to change like like what for example um, like the fact that like the fact that I eat right before bed mm-hmm. usually that there is not much 
time between my last meal, I kind of make sure that I eat mm-hmm. very uh, in a short amount of time before I go to bed. And I haven't figured it out yet. And it's not something I think is ideal in terms of like your, your body's health. I think it's good to leave space between your last meal and sleep so that you don't have to digest too much during sleep. So it's something that I would like to change. At the same time, it's not something I beat myself up for. Yeah. It's, even, it's not even something that currently I'm even trying to change. Right now, I'm just observing the behavior because this has been said on the podcast before and it shall be said again. What you resist persists. And what I'll add now, and this is something I got from Dave Wright, who I did an episode with, which I highly recommend you listen to. What you resist persists and what you accept, you have the power to transform. So with your being late and my eating before bed, I think it's great that neither of us are beating ourselves up for it, even though it's something that ideally we would like to change. We're just like, well, this is the way it is. And I've got a lot of great qualities, actually, as a person. And uh, this doesn't make me a, a shameful person. So let's just do our best to accept the way that it is right now. Exactly. And you said that you observing the behavior, like how does it look like for you? Like that uh, you notice that, okay, you're doing this and then you try to like come up or search for reasons why is that the case that you're doing it? Perhaps? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not, perhaps I'll, I'll do that at some point. But mm-hmm. right now I've just kind of recognized that this is a habit that I have mm-hmm. and that this is also a habit that I would like to change. And for the time being, I'm not doing anything. I'm not putting any kind of pressure on myself to change it. I'm just observing it. I feel like there's uh, some time that I would like that may be beneficial for me to just observe the habit and observe perhaps what it gives me, what, what it provides for me, because there's obviously something that eating before bed is giving me. And when you're in judgment, you're in stress. And when you're in stress, it narrows your focus and you don't see as objectively. So in order to, to reduce stress, in order to ensure that I'm seeing things as objectively as possible, I'm not judging myself. I'm just accepting it and observing it. And then I think from that kind of state of mind, I'll be better able to see what's going on. But there's no pressure for me to see it tonight or tomorrow. I'll see it when I, when I see it. I'll change it when I want to change it. If in a year's time this is still happening, it's not ideal, but that's okay. That's so that oh, that's so like refreshing to hear that. Even yesterday, I was listening to like a guided meditation, and then the lady was like, "And now you just observe your thoughts and perception and anything that comes into your mind without judgment." And that part, like without judgment, really, like hit hit close to home because that very rarely happens to me that if something comes into my mind like the first thing I would evaluate it like is this a useful thought is this a and then with you now saying that like okay just like I will just observe it with like an open mind and not not trying to like is this a good habit is this a bad habit is this something that's serving me like Mm. all those like put put it aside and just like observe okay, how many times maybe I'm doing this week? Or why, like, just like, oh, so I had this habit. Okay, interesting. And then really, like, with curiosity, look at it. Mm. And it sounds, like, so easy to do, but I think in real life it's really hard to not judge 
these things that we do think. And why do you suppose it's hard to not judge what we do and think? Mm. I think it's uh, when when we are like I think when I'm judging myself um, I'm evaluating those things and that's really coming from like like society kind of like you evaluate like your friends you you are evaluated in school what you're doing like we're all the time kind of like we get a grade like or we put ourselves like okay where are we in this world like am I a good student based on my grades like am I a good girlfriend based on if I have a boyfriend or not like things like this that we evaluate ourselves and mm-hmm. I think that's that's the habit that I have like I all the time evaluate things and judging a thought for example based on like is it useful is this something that serves me that's also evaluating and and then I have a feeling about it and then usually it comes like if I don't think that like habit or thought is is a good thing to have then I would be like oh it's so bad that I have it Mm. so you resist it yeah what happens when you resist things yeah like you said when it's you resisted it it's it persists. Yeah. It's like I I feel like and and I've I've uh, I know what this is like a hundred percent. I still do it to a certain extent, but I've made amazing improvements on this, um, on on not judging and on suspending judgment and just accepting, like thoughts. For example, I have some awful thoughts, about myself, about people, about the world. Some awful thoughts, crazy thoughts. Some thoughts that don't make sense. Sometimes I laugh because I try and be really mindful of my thoughts throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a, a crazy thought I'll have and I'll laugh. Like, what was it? Um, okay, so I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Earlier today, <laughs> I was in the toilet and I just had a thought, you're going to get your heart broken, you fucking turtle. About yourself. You fucking turtle. <laughs> And I, I was in the toilet, I just laughed. I was like, what? Why a turtle? <laughs> like, so, such a mean thought, but then calling me a turtle. And I was like, okay, this is kind of comedic, you know? <laughs> and I didn't try and push it away. I wasn't, and I didn't try and fight back. I wasn't like, well, I'm not a fucking turtle, and I'm not going to get my heart broken. I was just like laughing. I was like, wow, okay, that's, that's, that's an interesting one. And so I have these thoughts throughout the day. Maybe certain people don't have as uh, self-deprecating thoughts as I have. I have quite a lot of them because of my past, because I had some pretty negative conditioning due, due to my childhood. And so some of the thoughts I have are really like mean towards myself. And this is something that I'm in the process of neutralizing. And I, the way that I'm neutralizing these thoughts is just by accepting them. So now I'm doing what I can to become more and more mindful of my thoughts. And when I have thoughts like this, I just reply. So this is something that you can hear all about in my episode that I did with Dave Wright, which again, I highly recommend listening to. This is something you call the secret magic key. So any thought that you have, any negative thought, so let's use the one that I had this morning, right? You're going to get your heart broken, you fucking turtle, right? What did I say? What did I say to that thought? I said, it's okay for you to say that I'm going to get my heart broken and it's okay for you to call me a fucking turtle, right? So it's just saying it's okay for you to say that. 
So if, if you have the thought like, um, I'm a loser, it's okay for you to say that you're a loser. And, and note this important element here. You have the thought, I'm a loser. All right? This is a thought that I have sometimes. And this is how I respond. It's okay for you to say that you're a loser. And here's what's important about that. By repeatedly doing that, you are enforcing in your brain that you are not your thoughts. That this programming that is producing these thoughts is just the programming and you are totally separate from the thought. You are not your thoughts. So you keep doing that and you start really distancing yourself from your thoughts to the point where you can have a thought like you're going to get your heart broken, you fucking turtle, and your response is to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So That's really interesting because I follow a lot of um, accounts on all social media, like kind of the psychologist or like self-help accounts. And a lot of times like this comes up like, you're not your thoughts and now even you said it I know that it's true like logically I know it's true but I felt it in my guts like oh no it's not true it's not true mm. and it's just so interesting that I, I hear it I see it so many times I study about it but still and I believe it that I'm not your not my thought or people are not their own thoughts but then when I like when you actually say it like somehow deep down it doesn't resonate with me still okay. okay like when i just said it now yeah just okay. like when you said i was like uh, that's so true and when you were explaining like i i say that like oh it's okay for you to say it but mm-hmm. like still meaning like oh but that's not me who i'm saying it's like a thought that occurs to me but i was like oh that's such a good idea and then my gut was like this, like, no, it's still, it's not true, it's not true. What did you feel exactly in your gut? I don't know, this kind of, when, when your, like, stomach shrinks a little bit, this, like, dissonance that I'm agreeing with it in my brain, but then my body doesn't really agree with it. Okay. Do you, want, do you want to explore that? Because um, you said a part of you... Uh, believes that you're not your thoughts but then yeah. it, and correct me if I'm wrong but then another part of you doesn't yeah. believe that yeah actually kind of, my question would be to you that if we are the ones who producing our thoughts like how is it possible that it's not true to a certain extent like for example if I say to my or like I have this thought like oh you're gonna fail this exam mm. How do I know that that's not actually true? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, how are your thoughts produced? I think in order to answer that question, it might be helpful to sort of explore how thoughts, how it is that you come about having the type of thoughts that you have, how I came to have the thoughts that I currently have, how everyone has, because everyone has different types of thoughts, different uh, patterns of thinking, right? Because there are not, not everyone will have the thought, I'm going to fail this exam. Certain people will have the thought, I'm going to fucking wreck this exam. <laughs> this exam should be fucking scared of me. As soon as I sit down, this exam is just going to shrink. It's going to be like, oh, fuck, he's here. You know, like so, some people have those kinds of thoughts. So how are thoughts, how are thought patterns generated? Well, thought patterns are generated through repetition. And the time period in your life where generally... Uh, that is programmed the most, and I say generally because you can always reprogram your mind at any point in time, any point in life, if you want to. 
the time at which this is generally done the most is during childhood. Because in, in childhood, and I've mentioned this uh, previously in, my, in, a, in a previous episode, and I said I will create another episode talking specifically about this, which I will. But during childhood, your brain is in a different brainwave uh, state. So at the moment, as we're speaking, we're in beta. Beta is when you're uh, awake and you're functioning, you're in class, you're having a conversation, you're in beta. A little bit further down, you get into alpha, which is when you're a little bit more relaxed. And then you have, I forget exactly, but you have, uh, I believe it's delta. And uh, yeah, and, and when you reach those brainwaves, you reach uh, a brainwave where you're in hypnosis. So between the last trimester of pregnancy and the age of seven, you are in hypnosis. You're in a hypnotic state because you have, you have the infrastructure in your brain to receive programming. Now you just need the programming. So you go through your childhood and you're just downloading, you're just downloading programming. Everything that happens in your life, the way your parents treat you, what they say to you, you know, like you're going to fail this, you know, you, you're a cunt. Hopefully they don't say that. <laughs> or, or maybe they say, you know, whatever you do, we'll love you. You tell us exactly what you want to do. We're going to love you no matter what. Two very different ways of speaking to your kids would result in two very, very different patterns of thinking. So if you have, let's say, let's say you have the thought, like this is probably extremely, extremely common. I don't say probably, I'm going to remove that and I'm going to tell you that this is extremely common, that people have the thought that they're not good enough. Whether, whether they pretend to be or not, the vast majority of people in the Western world do not believe they're good enough. And you can see signs of this fucking everywhere if you're actually looking. Why might we have the thought that I'm not good enough? Well, if I have the thought that I'm not good enough, that must mean that I'm not good enough because I should trust all my thoughts, right? Well, maybe, maybe not. Let me tell you why you shouldn't trust your thoughts. Because this is how I used to believe that I was not good enough, right? Because of my childhood, because of the way that my father treated me. And maybe I'm going to use my, my own example to illustrate the point. My father didn't have any love inside him. He didn't love himself. He wasn't capable of loving other people. Therefore, when he had children, he just treated them the way that it reflected the way he treated himself, right? So he didn't treat them with love. Therefore, as a child, I saw that and I was like, well, I'm not getting love from my father, right? So I must not be enough. But so if I were to trust my thoughts and be like, well, I'm having these thoughts, that I'm not good enough. That must mean I'm not good enough. Well, really, what I'm saying is I'm drawing a conclusion based on a thought that was produced just because another human being doesn't love himself. Whereas if I had had a different father who was loving, I would not have had that thought. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm a thousand percent good enough and I've always been good enough and I'll always be good enough. So your thoughts are really just a representation of the past experiences that you've had. That's super interesting. I, 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 uh, I knew about the different, like brain wavelengths but I didn't know about the like this time when you're basically from born from when you were born till seven that you have like this different mm -hmm. oh that's that's very 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 interesting yeah that's very interesting you're in hypnosis yeah I actually wanted to what you said about your dad being like he couldn't love himself so therefore he couldn't kind of show or provide love to you mm -hmm. I actually wanted to like I, when I was thinking about it what should I say here I was like oh I really wanna I really wanna stress this out that one of the things I one of the reasons why I think self-love is really important 
is that the compassion or empathy or love that you have for yourself that's like that's how much you can give to others if you don't love yourself if you if you really like hard on yourself like then you got then you cannot like act differently towards other people and i always like say and see that i think people judge themselves the most like the way you talk to yourself no one ever going to talk that badly to you mm. and then like people just like so uh sometimes really mean to themselves and really like strict with themselves and then they are maybe like kinder to other people but if you're like extremely like like you cannot let anything pass like you really have to be perfect in anything like that's so disruptive for yourself and for the others because you you really can't like show empathy and acceptance towards others then as well yeah absolutely well this is one of the core principles of winning within as well is that the external world is just a reflection of your internal world I've said it before i'll say it again so if you don't have love within yourself you you can't how can you give a, a friend of mine said this to me like uh, a while back she was like but how can you give something that's not already inside you you know love is like something that you don't you don't make it you don't produce it out of wood and give it to someone it's something that's if you give it you give it from within you give it from your heart so if you don't have love in your heart you don't have the capacity to give love to others because you don't have love so you can't really blame people either right people who are who don't treat people nicely and stuff you can blame them if you want but like it's if you look deeper you see that the way they're treating people is just a reflection of the way they treat themselves exactly exactly that was my dad was always really kind to me, so I, I, I love my dad, I worship my dad. I wouldn't say he's the most like self-aware, but it's also kind of like normal, I think, for his time and age. Like compared to him, my friends, and then everyone probably in the world is very like um yeah, like it's just so in our like everyday life to be like self-aware. But he said it like once to me. And I was so shocked that we were, uh, so I'm from Hungary and then we have like very interesting politic situations there. And then we were reading the news and then there was this, again this like horrible uh, news about like one of, it was just like really like, oh, why is this happening again? And then he said like, yeah, but you know, Sissy, like, what these people are doing it was something about like um making a law that would uh exclude or like um put like uh, these i don't know what was exactly but i think it was about kind of like that gay people were not gonna be able to adopt kids so it was something like that mm -hmm. And then I was like, why is this happening? Like, this is so unnecessary. It's it's bad for everyone. Like, why do they have this, like, limiting beliefs and then mean and discriminating towards other people? And then my dad was like, but you know what? The saddest part is probably they are, like, even meaner to themselves. Like, if you can do this to other people that you don't even know, and also it doesn't even make any sense what they are, like, this law, like how badly they treat themselves, like how like discriminating they are towards themselves. 
And it was really interesting to, it's such a simple thing to say, but then I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm still mad and I still don't understand, but I, I have like compassion even for those like politicians because like, damn, like your life must be really, really bad if mm. you do this to this extent. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's also a test of your ability to accept, right? Especially when it's something that you feel strongly about and, and that naturally you resist. That's a test from life for you to be like, all right, CC, you're accepting yourself right now. You're loving yourself. But can you, how, how far can you take this? Can you accept this? And accepting doesn't mean condoning. Accepting doesn't mean not wanting to change. It just means not judging. Yeah. It just means observing, recognizing. And I, I, I feel that that requires a certain amount of willpower because uh, the more the situation evokes this judgment in you, the stronger that sort of, the, the power of that judgment and the stronger the willpower necessary to, to just stay present no matter how um, those thoughts come and like, oh, this is wrong, this is blah, blah, blah. Because ultimately, that's just a judgment as well, that this is wrong, that this is bad. That's a judgment. And so that's a test, like how, how much can you stay not in judgment, no matter how much you see something that to you is clearly wrong. Exactly, yeah. And if you can do that, so I'm just going to finish here. If you can do that, because if you can... If you can witness something that to you is clearly fucking wrong and just be in a state of non-judgment, that's something that you can use as practice to yourself. Because when you see something in yourself that you think is wrong or shouldn't be there or shameful or whatever, you have been practicing acceptance throughout your life so much so that accepting yourself becomes easier and easier, loving yourself becomes easier and easier. And since you treat others the way you treat yourself, you're going to be a way more loving person. So that is how you change the world, is by changing yourself. You don't have to like look externally. You just look within. When within, baby. <laughs> true. Very, very true. And oh, I, I wanted to... Um, I don't know if you read this book. It's, uh, it's called The Choice. It's uh, by this... She's half American, half Hungarian... Uh, woman edit Eva e eager and she she lived through the Holocaust and basically in her book she describes how she forgive the Nazis and everyone who did yeah who heard her basically in this process and it's very a very empowering book I really highly recommend mm -hmm. um, and yeah she also like it's not like that she loves these people is just she accept what happened and then really try to like look from an empathetic and and then yeah like view kind of like okay this is what happened to me but i'm i i choose not to hate these people or i choose not to like spread more hate but i choose to spread like acceptance and love towards other people and then this is kind of the book is about like how she went through this process and and yeah like how she yeah accepted her past and what happened to her and not like turn into this like that uh, she hated or like resent other people 
Mm. And so how, how did she accept her past? Well, a lot of like, uh, it's a lot of repetition throughout the years. Um, obviously, in the beginning, it was really hard. But I think it's just, it, it's with this that she tells this story, like, one, like, day by day, you, you just, these, like, small things that you don't, you don't judge other people, you really try to, like, put yourself in other people's shoes, and then accept it, like, there was one time when she had a, a client, because she actually became a, like, a clinical psychologist, like, a therapist, and then she had a client who came in, and it's, I don't even know how it happened, but this was this young boy, and the whole time this for this session, this young boy was saying like very like anti um anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic like things. And then she she wrote like she uh, writes in the book like, yeah, it was so hard in the beginning, like this this like young guy comes in saying all this hateful stuff. Probably he didn't even know that she was Jewish or she's Jewish. And then the first, she was like, she was like, my first reaction was like, really like, grab him and then like, shake him kind of like, how can you say that? Like, don't you know, like what happened? Like, and then she was like, no, actually, what I have to do is that kind of give space to him and then with curiosity, like, see how is this? And I was like, damn, like, how can you, like, this is really like strong to do this and then she she did that like she openly like listened to this young man and then at the end she was like i don't know if it helped anything i don't know if he's gonna change his mind but at least i showed like compassion even in such a like horrible situation mm. and this is like i think every like she, she had this like you know again and again practice it again and again in different situations when she just like she chose not being like resentful and hateful but chose being accepting and it became a habit through repetition yeah. Yeah. there are two things that you mentioned that i'd like to highlight uh, one is observe with curiosity and the other was putting yourself in people's shoes so to put it together to put yourself in other people's shoes and observe that imagined perspective with curiosity because when, when someone hurts you, the natural automatic response is to be in ego and, and therefore to blame that person and to be like, that person's a fucking cunt. Fuck this person for doing that. I didn't do anything wrong. Why would they do that? They're so wrong and bad as a person. Another way to do it is to... Um, Put yourself, because, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but just what I just mentioned is not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to help you. So another way to do it is to put yourself in, in that person's shoes and imagine that person's perspective with curiosity. And it's fucking hard. Even as I just said it, like, my stomach went a little bit, like, I felt a bit of... Uh, what was it like pressure in my stomach or something like discomfort because I'm I, I feel it's like my ego being like nah I don't want to fucking do that like whoever hurts me is wrong <laughs> but yeah I feel that that's a that's a healthier way to go about it and maybe a, a way that is conducive to forgiving people because ultimately 
this is like no one no one ever does anything like like wakes up one day and is like all right cracks their knuckles and it's like I'm gonna go fuck some people over today <laughs> that's not what they do they do things that unconscious they're unconscious about the fact that they're doing things that are perceived as being mean and being disrespectful they're not conscious of it and and these people if they're being really mean and disrespectful are probably lacking love as well and those who are hardest to love are those that need it the most right so that those are your your exactly. spiritual challenges to like love the people that you want to fucking hate <laughs> well said thank you what else what else is self-love i was also thinking about um like this for example that i was talking with a friend um about like she had an argument with with someone and then she was like oh but so who do you think is right like who's right was he or i was right and i was like well i don't know like first of all it's like you two know the most like i'm i'm just an outside observer like it's really hard to kind of like be the judge and be like yeah you were right and then the other one has to apologize and then i also said like and you know what? It can also be true that both of you are right, like in some sense. And then both of you were actually like, yeah, but he really hurt me. And I was like, yeah, that those, those things like coexist at the same time that he hurt you and the fact that he didn't want to hurt you. Or being like him saying like, oh, but that's not what was my intention. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, like two people have their own reality kind of in a way. And those things can coexist at the same time. It doesn't have to be that, oh, this thing. And also because things are really not black and white in this world. Like, it's really gray. So, I that's something that I, I started, like, doing that, okay, because I have a lot of siblings, and we would do that, like, ran to our moms and be like, so who's right? <laughs> so, okay, because he hit me, so who's right, hmm? And then my mom would be like, kind of like decide like, okay, this time you were right. Let, like, let's apologize. But that's not actually like really sustainable in the real world because, you know, like we have our own reality and then we try to like, co, sorry, co, um, yeah, like kind of like uh, put them together and then live, live with that. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I, I like what you said. You said um, it's also possible that they're both right. Like, this is an example that I'm going to use from Dave Wright again, who uh, taught me this. Like, there's a there's a whiteboard here, right? And, like, to me, it's on my right. To, to you, it's on your left. So I would say the whiteboard's on the right. <laughs> and you'd be like, no, 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 no. The whiteboard is on the left. You know, and I'm like, well, no, you're wrong. I'm right. The whiteboard is clearly on the fucking right. And you're like, this motherfucker's crazy. It's on the left. Yeah. Right? So, and then it's as if there's like a, a third party and, and we're like, okay, let me call my friend. Yeah. Put this shit on video. And be like, yo, who's right? Is it Cece or is it me? Who's yeah. right? We're both right. Yeah. We're both right according to the perspective that we have. Yeah. So, with others as well, and this is a challenge, this is not a challenge you have to take, but this is a challenge you can take, 
is whenever you're like in an argument or you're having like a fight with someone is to try and control the ego who who wants absolutely nothing but to destroy this person yeah, exactly. and and look within and be like in what way am i wrong here in what way is this person actually you know how how can i look from this person's perspective and it, it's it's hard to do this it's confronting it's uncomfortable because you're offended or you're you feel whatever by this person and so to try and look from their perspective is like, well, fuck that. I'm not looking from their perspective. That's what the ego says. Yeah. But it's your choice to be like, okay, well, you know what? Ultimately, more than that, I want to beat this person in this argument. Exactly. What I want to is grow as a person. So let me take this opportunity to grow. Let me look within. Okay, it's true that I did do this and stuff. <laughs> you know <laughs> right whatever <laughs> like okay <laughs> so th there is something that I could have done differently yeah and that's that's not easy to do yeah it's very humbling it's humbling it but it's something that helps you to grow as a person exactly yeah yeah I also um, like once someone told me like okay okay you're in this fight or disagreement with someone but decide if you wanna like do you want like victory or peace and that was really something like because I go in there and then with the mindset like I'm gonna prove this person that I was right and then they have to kind of like tails and ears like oh I'm sorry you were right and that's what you said like totally out of ego kind of like my ego is like I want to be right but in the long term like do I want to fight with my mom or do I want like peace with my mom and then when I was like, actually, like, peace is much better. And then you can, I had this kind of like, okay, what I did wrong. And then put myself in her shoes, like, oh, that must have been really hurtful that I did that to her. Mm. And that really helps then, like, not being like, and I was right. And then you have to apologize to me. And then you have to make it up for me. Yeah, ultimately, you, you want peace within, yeah. within your relationships, within yourself. But sometimes you need, you need, um, what do you need? Sometimes you need to, to, to fight a war, to be prepared, what am I saying here? You need to fight a war to have peace. And what I mean by that is sometimes that war is not externally with someone else, but it's internally with, yeah. with the ego. The ego telling you, no, 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 don't look at it from this perspective. Fuck that person. And it's up to you to tame the ego like your pet. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you, your, your ego is like a pit bull. It doesn't have to be aggressive or, or whatever. Uh, it's up to you to tame it. So if you haven't been training it, the chances are your ego is out of control and it's going to be running your life. But a dog can always be trained. You can always train your ego. You're, you can always calm your ego to the point where eventually your ego, instead of being an aggressor, is a loyal companion and is on your side. That's really, that's such a, oh, that's such a good uh, metaphor with the dog. Actually, my therapist once shared uh, a poem with me, which was, again, the same thing, like this... Uh, it was about a dog and how you can tame the dog. And that's, again, like this uh, 
So it's really interesting that you use the, the dog metaphor as well for the ego. And it was the same like, kind of fact. If you really constrain it, that's also not the best. But if it's just like running around with a leash, you cannot call back at any time. That's also not ideal. Mm. So something like it's ready to attack if you want it, but it's like right by your side whenever you like say it and call it back. Yeah, and, and that's kind of also how you want to be as a person as well. Or I, I don't want to speak for people, but like that's how I would like to be as well, is um, someone who is peaceful, but someone who can attack when attacking is necessary. Yeah. Someone yeah. who can protect themselves. And, and sometimes, yeah, it's like you need strength to be gentle. Someone who's strong, who can, in a situation where it's like potentially a volatile situation where most people would fly off the handle and go fucking crazy it's it's the strong person who remains calm yeah so being gentle sounds like being gentle but being gentle is a sign of strength and it comes from having mastered yourself from having a calm internal environment and from having a good relationship with all your emotions such that you accept and you've developed the habit of consistently accepting whatever comes up within yourself. That's the war you want to fight. You want to be a peaceful warrior. Yeah, exactly. And you also said that, which I think really important, that you're ready to fight when you need to. And that's something like people should like stand up for things that they see as valuable when it's the, when it's the time when it's the when it's the opportunity I, like you shouldn't let go of everything but you really need to know the difference between like is this something that okay now I have to like stay and fight and stand up for it like for myself or even maybe for others or just like some like other like like social value or this is the time when it's like, okay, I have to like look within. Mm-hmm. And then like think, okay, like how is it? Yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah. Where should we go from here? Should we go to the challenges of self-love? The barriers, the perceived barriers to self-love? Like why? Why is it that not everyone is absolutely brimming to the full with love within themselves? <laughs> Why is that? Good question. I think I'm... Um... Because that is the natural state of being, I want to say. The nat- what, which, which one? Like not being... Everyone, everyone's natural state of being is actually just completely full of love. Mm. That is everyone's natural state of being. And I want to say this to you, whoever, whoever's listening, who is like, well, okay, that's maybe like for lots of people, but not me, because I, I honestly fucking hate myself. Like that, like your natural state of being, despite what you may feel and believe and think about yourself, is completely full of love. So why is it that a lot of people do not recognize that and do not feel that? Good question. Hard question. <laughs> I think um, I read a lot of books about this, yeah, like how your childhood forms your perception about yourself 
or even like transgenerational trauma um which is like like for me like fascinating uh how like for example how your mom feels about having you or your parents if they are like excited about having you how could that have like detrimental effect on your the way you perceive yourself so i think a big part is yeah like childhood like learn behavior like how your parents talk to each other to themselves to you um like you said with your own life as an example it's really hard to know or learn something when you never seen it before Like I remember the realization when I went to I think someone else's house like a friend's house and they did things differently. Like me and my my family always had dinner together. Like that was something that for my mom was really important. So I was like going to their house for a sleepover. I'm like sitting at the table like waiting for everyone to like sit down and everything. But for that family that was not normal. Like they just eat like in front of the TV like by themselves. Like that was mm-hmm. not a habit. And I was like that's so weird like oh not everything is the same for them as it for me and then like things and things happened and i was like damn like i remember when i was a child like i really thought that everyone had kind of the same life and same same thought as i had and it was a big realization that oh it's not actually like that so if someone is like being abused or just like their parents they they don't encourage them like how do you know that that's not the norm mm-hmm. when that's the only thing you experience that's the only thing yeah and 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 also when you're being programmed during your childhood you're you're programming this part of your brain called that i mentioned that i made a a, a whole episode about uh, that you can find and it's called the reticular activating system which is a filter in your brain that filters out all all the the data uh, that your brain considers unimportant. And so what does it find important? Well, it finds important the things that are programmed inside. So whatever your beliefs are, if your belief is I'm not good enough, that becomes very important because your brain wants coherence. It wants to just like reality in itself looks like there are things there, right? Reality looks objective. But reality is not objective. Reality is created within your mind. And the brain above every, like the brain wants coherence between its beliefs and between what it sees. Otherwise, the world's a very scary place. So if you have the belief I'm not good enough, your brain will be like, "Okay, I got you, bro. I got you. I'll show you that. I'll show you you're not good enough. You'll see that everywhere. I'll show you signs of it everywhere." Yeah. And then if you change your belief to I am good enough, you'll be like, "Oh, wait. What the fuck?" Like everything's different now. People treat me different, the world's different, I feel different. What the fuck's going on? Well, it's like well, you you make your beliefs and then your beliefs make you. So if you change your beliefs, your reality changes. And so you're being programmed with this reticular activating system and then everything that your brain finds unimportant, like all the evidence that you are good enough, if you have the belief that you're not good enough, you will not see. You won't see it because it's unimportant to your brain. It's irrelevant. and the brain needs to filter out everything that's not relevant because it only has a certain amount of processing power it can't process everything there is so much going on like there is so much going on in the universe you have no fucking idea how much is going on right and we think we think that there's 
a lot going on, but that's only the very tiny slither of the portion that we see. There is an infinite amount of things that are happening. So there's no way that the brain, no matter how developed and sophisticated it is, there's no way it could process everything. So everything that's irrelevant is filtered out. So if you have the belief, I'm not good enough, everything that contradicts that, everything that shows that you're good enough, which by the way, there's loads of evidence for, but if you have the belief that I'm not good enough, your brain's like, all right, I won't show you anything that says you're good enough. And so it's very easy from that point to be like, wait, I feel like I'm not good enough and I see that I'm not good enough. So I really am not good enough. Well, it's like, yeah, but that's just your brain showing you what you believe. That's just a belief. And a belief is just a thought that's been repeated. And that thought's been repeated because of your experiences. So really what you're seeing now, unless you've done a lot of inner work, will just be a reflection of your past. And your past was just arbitrary. It was random. The fact that you were in this family and not that family, which would have created two different yeah. belief systems and two different realities. Yeah. That's my rant over. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> But that's that's so like so important, so important. Like yeah, the confirmation bias, kind of like what you are like looking to confirm outside. That's what you're gonna see. And I I even like I had this uh, thought like I was talking with a friend, and then I always perceive this friend as someone who's like very successful. Like I'm like everything just kind of like falls in 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 place for her. Like. She got into university for the first time and then like aced everything. And then I was like, the whole life she's like really good. I was like, why is that? Like, why is that that she's like so, so good in everything? And I think it's just, and then I realized that she has like the same amount of like fails that I would have. She just doesn't look at them in a way that I do. Like she sees her success And then that reinforces her belief that, oh, I am successful, I am capable. And then I was like, I'm more kind of the person who's like, recognize the negative things, the fails. And I'm like, yeah, do you remember that this didn't happen to me? And then I actually couldn't get this. And then I actively tried to think about like, okay, when was the time when I actually got what I really wanted? And there was like a million things, million. And then I was like thinking like, okay, was there a time when I really, really wanted something and then it didn't happen for me? And like very few times, very few times. And then at the end, I was also kind of like, oh, it's, it's actually better that it didn't happen in some sense. Mm. But that was so interesting to see that this friend of mine is, just has this belief about herself that she's capable and successful. And that's what she talks about. That's what she says to even to other people. Like she... Of course, she acknowledges her fails. It's not like she's perfect or anything. But she really chooses to look at the, the times when she, she got it. She, she mm -hmm. succeeded. And then it, it was really like, um, it was like, oh, maybe I could do that. Like, maybe I could actively think about the times when I And succeeded. How do you think you can do that? What would that look like? Mm. I think one of one of the one of the practices that I did that for example when I was before an exam and then I was like, oh it's not gonna happen and then like I'm gonna fail and then I all these like past exams that I actually failed like all these um, memories that came into my mind like see see like in 2015 January 
you did you failed this exam and then I was like yeah okay of course I'm gonna I'm gonna fail this one and then I chose I was like no let's think about the exams when I actually like aced it and I studied for it I put the effort in it I went there and I got I I got a good grade and I started like actively think about those things and I was like see you studied this time you put the effort into it this time why wouldn't like why wouldn't it happen to you again so in like small things when I when I but first you have to kind of like realize that you have that thought like oh I will fail and then like see your behavior from there and then like kind of change it so this is what I do Mm -hmm. you mean being mindful of the thought yeah and then observing the behavior that comes as a result yeah and then reminding yourself of the opposite of what yeah. that thought's telling you. If it's telling you you're going to fail, yeah. then being like, okay, recognizing that thought and then going into your mind, into the past of every time that you've succeeded. Exactly. Well, one thing that could help with that, because potentially you have certain things that are like deeply primed in your brain. So when you think, oh, what I've, what I've succeeded at in the past, you're like, yeah, there were those three big things I can definitely say. Okay, there's a fourth and a fifth. Maybe it takes you a little bit longer to think of all the ones, but there's probably like hundreds of times that you've succeeded, if not thousands, in your life. And so what can help with that is actually taking time and just getting a piece of paper and just writing or actually creating a document. I mean, you can do it on paper on electronically. <laughs> I'm saying a document because I've started making Google Docs recently and I like doing that. But to create a space, and I think there's something important about creating a space for a certain thing. So creating, a let's say, a Google Doc and being like, times that I've achieved, right? And then maybe you list like 10 things and then you're like, okay, here's an 11th. Okay, I'll leave it for now. And once you've created that space, your brain knows you've created that space. And I, I feel that it becomes more receptive to those ideas. And then you might start to notice that, you know, you're just having a, a coffee with a friend. You know, you have a sip of coffee and you're like, Oh, in 2018, I absolutely killed this exam and I won that competition. And it just comes to you and you're like, oh, that's funny. Let me write in my document. Boom, boom, boom. Done. Okay, back to my coffee. And then the next day or the next week, you're just having a walk in nature and you're like, oh, hey, like, remember when I asked that person out and they were like, yeah, and they were like really happy I asked them out? That was a success. That's great. I took action. I achieved. You know, I did what I wanted to do. And by, by writing by writing this list, then you can just, first of all, by writing it, you're priming your brain to think about this kind of stuff. And where your attention goes, energy flows, which is not inconsequential. Mm -hmm. When you think about the fact that Einstein said that everything that exists is energy and matter and that we are energy beings. So where your attention flows, where your attention goes, energy flows. So you start really thinking, you start directing your mind and focus onto, I have achieved this. So you start really reinforcing through this process yeah. the belief that I am someone who achieves what they want to achieve. And then your brain is like, okay, like, by the way, CC or Orlando, just so you know, I don't care what you believe. Like, I'm totally impartial to what you believe. My job is just to show you what you believe. So you can believe you're a success or a failure. It doesn't make a fucking difference to me. So if you prefer to believe you're a failure, great. If you prefer to believe you're a success, great. I'll show you either way. So... Okay, well, now you're demonstrating to me through your actions and your time and your focus and your energy that you choose to believe 
that you are a success. Fine, okay, I'll flip that on. And you'll see that. And you'll see more and more of it. Yeah. And it'll snowball. And it will accumulate. You'll develop momentum to the point where it's no longer something that you believe. It's something that you are. Yeah. I think it's a great tip that you shared with the document. And then what it actually, like, first you just maybe, like, write down a few things. But then how it, like, puts this space into your head. Kind of, like, look for those things. Like... Really try to extend the list and then mm. create that habit and then it comes with yeah. like Take the your rest time. Take your time to think yeah. of it. Like really think of it. As if it's an assignment. Yeah. You know, like you would you would spend time and effort writing an assignment. A bullshit assignment you don't care about <laughs> that you're just doing. Because you've got a fucking deadline. Yeah. Like if you can do it for that, you can do it for your own like self image, for your yeah. own fucking reality yeah. <laughs> for your own life exactly for the way that you feel about yourself which is like everything exactly and also like also this tip my therapist told me like when i was saying something like oh but you i'm sure you don't have these thoughts like and then she was like of course i have these thoughts everyone like <laughs> everyone has these thoughts like oh i'm not good enough it's just i choose not to listen to those i choose to like volume of the other voice which says like no you are like you deserve this like you are good enough mm. and that like we really was like okay so it's normal to have these thoughts what's just like you should just not listen to them because they are just a thought and it's mm. not the reality or not mm. not the truth yeah just recognize that it's just a thought and yeah. that it's okay to have those thoughts yeah and thoughts are not your master they're not, they're not the king. They're not the queen. You're the queen. <laughs> and you just have thoughts that come to you sometimes. Sometimes they're childish little thoughts. They're just like, oh, you're not good enough. Yeah. You know? It's just, you're going you're gonna to fail your exam. And you're like, oh, you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> you're cute. Wait, now there's a bunch of you. You keep, saying, you keep coming back and saying I'm going to fail my exam. Like, you can't get enough of me, can you? Right. You're funny. <laughs> you're cute. Yeah? But most people don't do that. Most people... They are the queen or they are the king and they see a little kid saying, eh, you're going to fail your exam. And they, they throw their crown away. They take off their robes. They, they take off all their fucking jewelry and they're like, oh shit, the kid's back. And they get off their throne. They're like, oh, almighty child. And they put the child on the throne and they're like, oh, almighty child, tell me the truth. What is the truth? I shall fail my exam. Okay, I shall fail my exam. Tell the people, tell the people I'm going to film my exam. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's a fucking kid. Like, you're the king, dude. You're the queen. You know, recognize that. These are just thoughts. They're just thoughts. But be mindful. That's a good metaphor. Sometimes you really need this, like, ridiculous metaphor, like, to see how it would actually, like, look like in real life. Right, yeah. Like, just imagine, like, putting a toddler in, like, control system of like yeah great like it's ridiculous but <laughs> that's it, actually great that's a great one yeah like having a toddler and like in parliament in the <laughs> in congress they're like they're like creating laws they're like all right how are we like really serious people are like, all right how are we gonna run yeah. this country and everyone thinks they're really serious they're wearing rolexes and stuff yeah. and they're not smiling because they want to look tough <laughs> and they're like all right okay we've got the baby baby uh, baby Samantha, baby Samantha's here. All right, listen up, guys. No fucking a. Put your fucking phone down. No texting. Baby, baby Samantha's here. All right, baby Samantha. And she's like, Goo -goo. and you're like, all right, Samantha, tell us how we're gonna run this country. What is this country like? Tell us the truth of this country. And she's like, Gaga. And you're like, all right, 
Someone, someone got that right. Gaga. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. We'll just write it down. Okay. Like, exactly. <laughs> don't exactly. don't let your thoughts fucking run your life. Exactly. Let your fucking thoughts, dude. Yeah. Like, you run your life. You fucking king. You fucking queen. You're the one who controls your life. Not not the baby. Exactly. Well said. Well said. And I think that it's so important to talk about these things because. Maybe, like, there's, like, so many misconceptions. Like, I'm sure that there are people who never heard this line before, kind of, like, you're not your thought or thoughts. And then, like, first it's, like, really kind of spreading the word out there so people, like, hear it, maybe talk about it with their friends, kind of, like, oh, I heard this in this podcast. Like, what do you think about it? And then just, like, kind of, like, implementing this seed in them and then let it grow. So it's so, I think it's, yeah, so wonderful that you talk about this stuff and really kind of trying to spread the word around it because, yeah, like probably our friends or our university friends all know about it, but there are a bunch of other people who, it's like, it's probably coming because we study psychology, so that's, that's like an easier ground to, Mm. to grow these seeds or like grow these plants on. But then there are other people who like totally disconnected from this word or from themselves. They never heard that like self-love or like be compassionate or, or anything like that. So it's so important to really like reach as many people as possible. Yeah. So tell your friends about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to, this is a good time to wrap up. CC, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. And I think there was a lot of value in this conversation. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I also really enjoyed it. Wow.